0: The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every single month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for being a Trek Geeks listener. Fansets, our pins have character.
1: This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. Find out more about this amazing collectible and find out about their brand new trouble later on in this episode. Science Division, Trouble's never been this fun.
2: Hi, this is Doug Jones, Captain Saru from Star Trek Discovery, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast starring Dan Davidson and Bill Smith.
1: Temporal Interview Office of Podfleet Command, where currently our coordinates are set on the 32nd century. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings to you, dear listeners, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and this is episode number 272. We are so glad you are with us today for an episode we've been trying to make happen for a long time long time and that is not a pun in any way shape or form by we i do mean my illustrious co-host and i you know if there was a way to abandon him in a time future or past i would do it in a heartbeat i'd put a little note to his jacket that said please feed me but really that's about it because um yeah He's the largely forgettable Dan Davidson. And Dan, it's good to have you here, buddy, for this episode that uh, I got to say all kudos to you for making this happen, because this is one that we've wanted to do ever since Star Trek Discovery premiered.
0: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. First of all, I'm glad to be here. And second of all, you know damn well that you'd be standing on the bridge or wherever looking for that signal from the Red Angel that I was okay. So we both know it. In your case,
1: it's more like the red a-hole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is so good to be here uh, this week, man, because as you said, this is something that um, I have wanted to do and you have wanted to do for years now, ever since Discovery was, was first announced and the cast was first first announced. And we are thrilled and so honored to finally have dedicated time to talk to the one and only Doug Jones better known as Saru on Star Trek Discovery. I am so excited about this. He has been in so many awesome things throughout his illustrious career, and now we finally get to talk to him two-on-one, I should say. I was going to say one-on-one, but it's actually more two-on-one, and what a fantastic conversation it is going to be.
1: You know, I, I think that the thing that people realize you know, whenever Doug Jones is involved, there's an incredible amount of joy. Yes. An incredible amount of positivity that just Beams from Doug and it's it's infectious. He is probably one of the most positive and joyful people that we've ever encountered in the Star Trek universe. And um, it's it's such a delight. It really is. Talking to him, it really is it is kind of a different conversation than we've had. I mean, let's face it; you and I've been doing this a long time. We've had a lot of amazing conversations on this right. show, but I dare say we've never had one where we have left the conversation so filled with joy.
0: Absolutely, and and he's like that. In, you know, not only talking to us through Zoom like we did, but when you're meet him meet him in person, and as you'll you'll hear in the conversation we're going to have, he loves. Hugging and squeezing our cheeks and doing that little <laughs> mush mush face that he likes to do, and it's he's like that. We've seen him in in Vegas a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've seen him in New Hampshire, uh, wherever we are. He's the same. So it's not just it's not just an act for the fans. This is the type of person he is. Every interview we've heard, he's just so filled with love and and he's so thankful for the the great career that he's been able to have. And it's it's it, it was just wonderful to, wonderful to talk to him.
1: It's a great conversation coming up in just a few minutes uh, afterwards we'll uh, we'll update you on some of Doug's planned appearances at some upcoming conventions but Dan in the meantime, why don't you brief folks on how they can get in touch with us uh, in the meantime? Briefing commencing
0: We definitely want to hear from you and the best way to do that is to get yourself the free. Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or Android device. You can download it and then just tap the more button for a variety of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive shows that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Just head on over to trekgeeks.com app to get all the details. And of course, we can't forget about the most positive Facebook group there is. It's called Camp Kittimer. It's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks podcast network over on Facebook or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. We don't allow any trolling. We don't allow any gatekeeping. We only want people celebrating what they love about Star Trek. So, just search for Camp Kittimer. You'll be asked to answer a few questions, and then our admins will let you write in. And speaking of those admins, we want to thank them. Haley, Jackie, and Fark. You all do an amazing job running the camp, and we thank you so very much. Uh, But please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Bill?
1: Wow. That sounds very serious. Smooth. Um, So, recently... Mm-hmm. Facebook enacted a change yep. that um, would have allowed people to comment on any public group on Facebook uh-uh. that they wanted to without being a member. Nope. And so recently we made the, I don't want to say difficult decision, but the different decision to to make Camp Kittimer a private group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's simply so that we can preserve the atmosphere as it exists today um, So that we have nothing but people who love Star Trek and just want to share that joy and positivity. So if you search for Camp Kittimer on Facebook and it says private group, that's okay. Still come on in, you know, uh, click the button to join and, and send your request in and we'll add you as soon as we can.
0: Yeah, it was, it was very important and I'm glad that you made that distinction. It was not a difficult decision to make at all because... We are very proud of the fact that Camp Kittimer is a positive place for people to go and escape all the negativity and trolling that does take place, especially regarding Star Trek out there on social media. We don't want that seeping into our, our, uh, our place in Facebook. So, um, so it is private, but like I said, nothing's going to change other than the fact that it says private group. We're, it's still, it's still going to be positive, it's still going to be fun, and you're still going to have a great time. So come on over and join us.
1: Yeah, so if you viewed Camp Kedimer in the past without being a member, unfortunately, that won't ha- be able to happen today because the group's private. So please just join. Um, we'd love to have you there. And um, despite the fact that Dan's there. Dan, as always, we want to take a moment to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
0: Yeah, we sure do, but we like doing this every single time we record. Yeah, And, you know, uh, they, as well as just about every business around the globe, has been dealing with major shipping delays as the pandemic has continued to disrupt, disrupt everyday life. Well, fansets, oh my God, this is exciting. They are ecstatic to announce, as Nero once said in a particular Star Trek movie, the wait is over. You can head over to fansets.com right now and finally order your very own Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan pin delta and or magnetic delta. And trust me, uh, it's been worth the wait. And you can certainly agree that fansets does deltas right, my friend. They're amazing. They look fantastic. And I can't wait to pin mine on my chest.
1: Oh, they absolutely do. And I'm going to, I'm going to add, I'm going to crazy Ivan here and add something to this. If you're ordering the pin based version of the Rathicon Delta, be sure to get the locking pin backs. Yes. Because you are not going to want to lose this bad boy. Um, But do that, put a bunch of those in your cart, Uh, put a whole mess of other accessories and other Star Trek pins, and maybe even a gift card in your cart. And um you get to use a special code word to get 10% mm. off it all. That's right. So you're going to want to use this week's special exclusive Trek Geeks discount code word, Dougie mm. that's D O U G I E in all caps for 10% off your entire order. Now this code's going to be good until November 24th, 2021 at 11 59 PM Eastern time. And plus don't forget when you spend more than $30 at fansets.com, you will automatically get free shipping in the United States. Dougie. It just makes you smile, just like him. Isn't it it great?
0: does. Yeah. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So friends, if you haven't pre-ordered the new Silver Tribble from Science Division, then you'd
1: better hurry up, because time is running out. These Silver Tribbles come in two sizes, regular and, well giant that's really the best way to describe it and the giant tribbles are a whopping 14 inches across if you can imagine that now both of these tribbles are app enabled of course but you don't need the app to use them and interact with them each of these silver tribbles comes with an official certificate of adoption but As Dan said, you better act fast.
0: Yeah, pre-orders are filling up
1: fast, and you want
0: to be sure to get yours today. So head on over to ScienceDIV.com right now to get one of the new Silver Tribbles for your very own. Plus, while you're there, you can check out their new and improved Shop Accessories section, where you can get all kinds of Science Division swag like t-shirts, mugs, or even the legendary Science Division
1: tote bag. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. Hi, Dr. Phil Flocks, also known as John Billingsley,
0: speaking. I am the president of the board of the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific multi-course meals to the unhoused and to those in need seven nights a week. We assist as many as 100 nonprofits with their food needs, buttressing, extraordinary social service programs... We work with community partners to address issues of food insecurity here in SoCal. We do lots of other great stuff, but how much time do we have? If you're in L.A., come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. Well, folks, once again, we are thrilled to welcome an amazing guest to Trek Geeks. This accomplished actor has been in so many memorable roles, and sometimes I bet you didn't even know it was him. His ability to act so magically while covered up under layers of latex and makeup make him one of the most talented human beings on the face of the earth. You've seen him in such memorable roles like Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies, the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, Amphibian Man in the Best Picture Academy Award winner The Shape of Water, and two of my all time favorites, Billy Butcherson and Hocus Pocus, and the gentleman from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just to name a few. His Star Trek character was the main focus of a beautiful article written by my dear friend and co host Bill, which was published on StarTrek.com called What I've Learned from Saru. And as that title indicates, for us Star Trek fans, he is forever and always our beloved Kelpian Saru from the highly acclaimed and award winning show Star Trek Discovery. He's one of the most endearing people we have ever met at conventions, and my voicemail greeting will forever be of his dulcet tones of Saru, telling everyone that I've run off to Starfleet Academy. DSC Season 4 premieres on November 18th, and both Bill and I are so happy, so honored, and so freaking excited to welcome the one, the only, Doug Jones to Trek Geeks. Doug, welcome so much. It It is just an honor to see you, sir.
2: Well, th- thank you so much for an introduction that I can't possibly live up to. <laughs> he,
1: he does that. He writes incredibly well. But when you hear him talk, you, you wouldn't believe it's the same person. Quite frankly. <laughs> right.
2: um,
1: so, Doug, first things first, we've asked this question of all of our guests because these are the weirdest of times. How are you? How is your beautiful family? Is everybody staying healthy and safe? And, and is everybody doing well?
2: Thank you for that. Uh, you know what? 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 I think we've all learned in the in these crises times uh, is that uh, family and and uh, close friends and what's important in life is taken priority. And so I do appreciate that so much. Everyone here is healthy and happy uh, uh, and well and thriving as much as we can in the world we're in. So, uh, so we're just uh, just have have having faith that that uh, God will provide and <laughs> all, all the good things.
0: Yeah, That's absolutely. Her- it's yeah. it's great to hear that everybody's doing well. Uh, Doug, I gotta say, my wife is is so excited that I, that we're talking to to you tonight. She is a huge Abe Sapien fan. She is a huge Billy Butcherson fan. We probably watched Hocus Pocus probably ten times already this season, um, so she just is so excited and sends along her best. And speaking of movies like Hellboy and 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 Hocus Pocus. The first question I have for you is that you've played characters that have appeared in shows or movies with really, really passionate fan bases. So what was it like for you when you discovered that you had been selected to play such a critical role in Star Trek, whose fan base can be the most intense and rabid of all of them?
2: Well, which I didn't know uh, going in. Um, yeah. I uh, uh, Having a 35 year career with, you know, mostly in the, Fantasy, horror, uh, sci-fi, superhero genres, comic book genres. Uh, uh, yeah, a fan base comes with all of that. Uh, fandom comes with all of that. You know, everything from Marvel fans to DC fans to um, you know the, uh, the the dark horse comics fans and the Buffy fans, like you mentioned before. Uh, everyone has it has their own vibe and their own feel. The Star Trek fans. Now, this was a whole new world and probably the strongest, most family-like, connected, loving, and also hateful a group of people I've ever met in my life. But and I don't mean hateful in a bad way. I really don't. Uh, it, uh, I think the, the Trek fans have more of a sense of ownership of this franchise than anything I've ever been involved with. It's because yeah. of you. That uh, these, this franchise has stayed alive these 55 years and that a show that I'm on called Star Trek Discovery even had a prayer and a chance is because of you. So you are welcome to and, and I appreciate opinions and, and uh, a sense of protection of this franchise. When something new comes along, of course, you'll be skeptical. Of course, you want to make sure that it, it honors Gene Roddenberry's vision and all of that. So I do I do appreciate those those comments as well.
1: I want to step away from Star Trek for a bit. We'll get back to that in in just a little while. But, you know, I was stunned by something today because I know you've been in so many things. And how in the hell did I not know that you were in Batman Returns?
2: Yeah, there, there's your DC comics. Uh, I,
1: I, I was, I told Dan and he's like, I had no idea. And then of course, to look at the, you know, at the scenes and at, at the the pictures on the internet, it's like, yep, that's clearly Doug Jones. Right. Um, That must've been a trip and a half. Cause I'm sure you, you did a lot of work with like Danny DeVito and some of those scenes. And of course, Tim Burton must've been uh, a pretty interesting experience.
2: Absolute dream, yeah. Uh, that that was the that was my first big studio film that came right before Hocus Pocus. Oh wow! So, uh, I was filming that in late ninety one, early ninety two, and then I filmed Hocus Pocus late ninety two, early ninety three. So uh, so Batman Returns, and of course, at the time, uh, you know, comic book films had you know after the superman movies of the 70s this was batman was the first really uh, you know foray back into it yeah so wildly popular um i remember driving to work my first night uh here in, in in hollywood land and um i heard on the radio oh tonight starts the first day of filming for batman returns it was that big of a news story right uh so and when the movie came out, it was the biggest box office weekend in history at that time. So it was a, it was a big deal, and so yes, I did work with uh, side by side with Danny DeVito. Um, he called me kid, and he, he came up to my belly button. Bless his heart, but um, I but I'm a freaking yeah, I'm a freakishly tall too. So uh, uh, between that and uh, Christopher, um, oh gosh, the name is but yeah, uh, he played Max Trek in the 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 the
1: department oh, store owner. Um, um, I, uh, I, I guess I see him. I see him. Um, called Blue Eyes. Uh, Christopher Walken. Walken. Walken, thank you. Good gosh, how I'm did we forget
2: his ah. playing Batman. <laughs> right, Christopher Walken was was a uh, actually a delight, uh, and uh, and Michael Keaton was lovely, and Tim Burton was it a, was a, you know a dreamy director. And I had I was a small sidekick. I was the a thin um, thin clown was my name in the credits. Thin clown, yep. uh, I hung out with the Red Triangle Circus Gang, which was Danny DeVito's little you know club of of weirdos that lived in his lair down under under the the streets. So. So that was uh, just a a great fun time. I worked on it for three months and uh, Tim Burton liked having me around. So what I was originally uh, contracted for, uh, I'm trying to think I was originally contracted for seven weeks uh, and he kept me around for 13 weeks. So that was, he could have killed me off earlier. um, And uh, Tim liked having me around. So it was kind of nice to have (laughs) another tall skinny goofy looking fellow like me, you know, (laughs) well,
0: Speaking of 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 fans and, and movies, you talked about how you did that right before Hocus Pocus. And as I said, Hocus Pocus is such a it's such a it really is a classic when you look at it. So many people love it. It's it's one that I, I just don't get bored watching. And your character is awesome. And I loved how you you redid the makeup. I don't even know if it was last year or the year before because of COVID, everything's all mixed together, but doing that makeup for for a charity event was was awesome. I do, I know that we're not going to talk about season four of Discovery, but I am going to ask you this: if you can say anything, we know that the sequel is going to be coming out on Disney Plus. Any chance that everyone's most lovable zombie will be making a return in the sequel that you know about?
2: Oh, for Hocus Pocus two, <laughs> you're asking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, you know, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy all released on their social media at the same time on the same mm-hmm. day. Hocus pocus Pocus 2, that they were all so they were all contracted and, and that was public. Uh, uh, as for the rest of us and if we are welcome back or not, um, I cannot address that, <laughs>
0: okay. which uh, is okay.
2: <laughs> but let, let, me, let me let me say this: uh, Were Disney to offer me uh, uh, to reprise Billy Butcherson, I would
1: jump at the chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> point w- taken. W- wink, wink. <laughs> Nudge, nudge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, Disney, do the right thing. Exactly. Um, it, it, in addition to that, I mean, I, I've I've seen you turn up in human form in, in some surprising places. Um, I've seen you, I think, tackled by Shamar Moore on Criminal Minds. And I think you were in your underwear.
2: I was. Uh,
1: <laughs> I've seen you in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, perhaps playing the creepiest role you've ever been in ever.
2: Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I was a, a sexually uh, uh, aberrant um, security guard or a, a prison guard. Yeah. I, oh, I have geez. to
0: say that I've watched Sons of Anarchy like four times through. And every time that episode's on and you have your scenes, I really feel like I need to take a shower.
2: You, you do. <laughs> you know, uh, that, And of course, that was my that was a reuniting of me with Ron Perlman. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. And so so he was so surprised to see me that day. I didn't tell him I was coming. And, uh, neither did the production. So, so here we are in this prison scene where where he's, oh gosh, two of us, uh, there were two of us guards that were, Mm -hmm. that were forcing him to have a conjugal visit with his wife. I mean, they were pretending to have one so she could get some information out of him and then get out of there. And we said, oh no, conjugal visit means you're going to conjugate and it's going to be in front of us. So (laughs) this, so then, the the creepy uh, came after and the, oh it was you know and they're like no we're not going to do that in front of you I'm like I so I beat Ron on the leg with a with a with my little little uh, you know wacky stick and uh, and he's like all right all right we'll do it. you know so then we're coaching them and telling them what to do oh gosh so between takes uh, uh, the other prison guard and I are zipping our pants back up you know yeah. and Ron Perlman and, and um, Katie Segal yep. yeah are buttoning their shirts back up. And, and Ron looked at me and he said, what, and give up show business? <laughs> I couldn't but help but die laughing. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. It was a tough day.
1: I have to say, though, that of, of all the times I've seen you in human form, I think perhaps my favorite, and of course, I'm being selfish as a Star Trek fan, was to see Saru in human form in season three. As, as somebody who has spent all of Star Trek Discovery up to that point, getting behind this beautiful makeup, what was that like to sort of... Um, be out from behind that mask and, and, and deliver a performance as Saru. Uh,
2: joyous and terrifying all at the same time. Um, I was tickled pink that they were going to let me out of the makeup to be a human for a minute uh, for a couple of minutes. It was two episodes actually yeah. really. And, um, but also scared to death that like, okay, I've played many humans over, as you just were mentioning over the years, I have played many humans uh but never saru as a human because he was he's a very distinct character that was developed with the look in mind and without that look oh dear are, you know, Is the voice and mannerisms? Is it still going to play? I don't know. Um, So I was ever hopeful that the the, the fans wouldn't leave me over that, and it, it sounds like they didn't. So. Oh, it was fantastic! It was it was
0: one of the highlights, at least for me, yeah. for season three with your character. We got so many things that we can get into in regards to Saru uh, and your character. But a, a quick question before we get into that is: you talked about it. You've done so many so many roles in latex and in makeup, and and you've had roles where you're not. Do you feel that? Do you feel more comfortable over your career now that you've been doing it so long, having the roles with the makeup and latex, or do you look more towards something where it's more you?
2: Right. Well, um, I'm 61 now, so as I age, uh, the less rubber and glue I want on my person. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Uh, and. And. Uh, you know, it, it, there there are advantages, pluses and minuses to both. Um, the uh, the rubber and glue has has afforded me the chance to play such a wide array of characters that I could never do with my own face. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's allowed me to age and and keep working because you you know when you're under a makeup it doesn't matter what you look like what how old you are or whatever. So, um, but then those roles I've had where I'm human is like, Oh, I have the luxury of going to the craft service table and getting my own snacks. I can go to the bathroom by myself for myself with myself. <laughs> uh, and um, I can, I can drink as much water as I want. Cause it, cause it's not a you know, I don't have claws and web fingers that I have to negotiate my business with. So no, it just, uh there's a, there's a lot of good for the human uh, and, and I'm, I'm in and out of the makeup uh, trailer in 20 minutes with a little, you know, light right. dusting of powder and some, some, a comb through the hair.
1: That's pretty awesome. I, uh, I, I, I never stopped to think about the, um the wherewithal of things in between takes when you yeah. have all that makeup on. And uh, I, I can only imagine that that's got to be its own challenges. Um, I think one of the reasons I've taken to Saru so much Um, Is because, and this is going to sound weird and bear with me for a second. It's for the first time in Star Trek, I feel represented. Now, I understand that's easy to say. I'm a pasty white guy who's middle-aged and has been watching Star Trek his whole life. And some would argue that I've been represented all along. But as somebody who has dealt with an anxiety disorder for the vast majority of my adult life, um, I felt like there was a character in Star Trek that represented me for a change. And I, it was, it, are you at all surprised at the response that you've received from, well, I don't want to say folks like me, but for want of a better phrase, folks like me
2: and, and folks like me, I've also dealt with anxiety and I've been a worry wart since I was a kid. If I can't see tomorrow, tomorrow scares me, that kind yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I, I, one thing that goes along with that anxiety disorder is that we all think that we're the only one who has it. Yes. So, yes i have been shocked and surprised and delighted that saru has landed on so many people's hearts with some healing a healing touch uh so i i hear about it at the conventions i go to i hear about it on social media uh i've been hearing it a lot that, uh, that people are are kind of soothed and and feel feel seen uh because saru's out there fighting the good fight of anxiety and getting over it and uh and like gives, pushing through it and getting done with his task of the day and, and, and coming through for the people who are depending on him, even though he might have some fear behind him or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that one of the, the best developments was to see him lose his, his ganglia mm-hmm. through the Vihari and to, to realize that he could live without, you know, that sort of early warning detection. I mean, losing your anxiety doesn't necessarily mean you're not afraid of things. It just mm-hmm. means you process those feelings differently. And I think that was probably the, one of the most informed and brilliant decisions about that evolution of the character. Um, I, I feel like Saru has had a boldness, but it hasn't gone reckless. You know right. what I mean? Right. I, okay. I think yeah. that.
2: Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say when I when I lost my threat ganglia. Um, yeah, I, was, I didn't see that coming. The, the writers threw me a curve on that one. I just thought I was always going to be a scaredy cat. Yeah. I did not know that that, Sir, that Sir had an adolescence to go through and was going to live longer than ever thought he ever thought possible, uh, which was a lovely turn of events. And also, like a, I think a life lesson for for those of us who live with anxiety. If you know all of us have that threat ganglia that comes out and goes, ah, I'm terrified of uh. And without once it falls out and we can change our perspective, the stimuli in the world around us is still the same. It's our perception of it and our reaction to it that has changed. Mm-hmm. What a blessing to learn that, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: That that leads me to a question, and it's going to sound harsher than I mean it to be. So my apologies up front. As you're going through this um, portrayal of Saru in the first couple of seasons, you have the threat ganglia. So you kind of are always kind of a little bit, you know, step back and, you know, I don't want to go into this. As an actor, when you found out that these threat ganglia were coming off, did you feel that that you were kind of, um uh had the chance to really use your acting chops whereas before you kind of had to i mean you're acting fantastic as someone who is afraid and has these threat ganglia but did you feel kind of oh this is great i'm really going to be able to 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 really express myself once that happened because he did go through some some times where we're like wow saru's kind of really going a little crazy right now with what he's going to do with these things
2: right 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 like like uh like letting culver and um Tyler, uh, have their fight in the mess hall yeah, and putting, pushing everybody back. Like, Nope, they got to fight this one out. Whereas mm-hmm. old Drew would have been like, nah, stop everything. Right. <laughs> um, and then, then depending on his decision with the captain, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and the, the, the big moment I think that really defined his new found freedom from, from, uh, you know, that, that fear that plagued him before was, uh, getting in the, ca- I got in Captain It was, um, Captain Pike was with us that season, season two. Yes we had landed that uh, we were following the, uh, the red markers through the unit, through the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and the red angel uh, had was guiding us along and we ended up in, f- in front of my home planet of Kaminar. And yeah. I, was, I was kind of forbidden to go back there because I, you know, I evolved pretty quickly past my, my society and were they ready to, to ha- be met with a warp society, you know, a war- warp technology. So I, now that I had been through Vihara and knew that I could go save my people, I wanted to get down on that planet. And uh, and Captain Pike saying, "I'm too close to this. Whatever the whatever the red uh, beacons brought us here for, we have to figure out what that out is without your predisposed, you know, need right. with your people." And I, and I, so I got in his face and saying, "Are do you think that I have <laughs> would would take Starfleet's mission and put it aside for my own person?" You know, so the way he got in the captain's face was rather bold. Yeah. Crew yeah. would never have done that. Yeah. Never. So, but he was very convicted with his with the with a, a sense of indig. He was indignant about what what he was being accused of. So I, I say go, Saru. <laughs> and, that, and that was a fun chance for me. <laughs> as an actor to expand Saru and to, to take him past the scaredy cat stage. Yeah.
1: It, it was really exciting to to see the evolution. I can't wait to see where it goes in season four. Obviously we know that, you know, nothing about season four, What that um, is correct. Yeah. I filmed and- the
2: whole thing. I know nothing about it.
1: <laughs> and I know it's just going to, it's going to premiere in just under a month, which I'm very yeah. excited about. Um, I, I, this past shooting, this past season, season four, Mm-hmm. Must have presented some unique challenges um as far as logistics. Did it change any of your process as far as the makeup and 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 how you get into character at all?
2: no uh, uh, it seems like the the preparation and the getting into character and the acting on film with my co-stars uh, nothing really changed uh, with that uh, but but the process overall took much longer. We, what should have yeah. taken us eight months took us 11 months to get through because mm. of a lot of stops and starts and health protocols to get through and shorter yeah. days and yada, yada. So, um, uh, but, and, and, you know, between things um, we used to sit in a clump together, all of us and, 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 hang out and talk a lot and and look at each other's phones. And uh, uh, that was kind of sort of spaced out and masked up between between uh, shot setups. Mm -hmm. So that did change the dynamic and in the room a little bit. Uh, But my makeup artist, you know, all of us were tested three times a week. So you're working among very safe people. And uh, so my makeup artist, there's no way they can make they can they can prepare me for the day from six feet apart. Right, nobody, right, right. right. So, so that couldn't change. And, um, and we, we made it through the whole season with, with, uh, none of us getting sick. So I was, you know, thank God for that.
0: Yeah. When you're preparing to shoot Doug, how long does it take you to get in the mindset of you being Saru? Is it, is it now that you've been doing it for four seasons, is it a lot quicker? Do you still go through a, sa- a similar process? And what is that oh, process
2: like? It's like getting on a bike and just pedaling. It's, you know, I, uh, I don't have to worry about the balance or, or you know, how, how fast, what gear should you be? And it just, it all takes care of itself now. Nice. <laughs> I know Saru so well and I love him dearly. So uh, crawling into his skin is like, ah, we're back. That's awesome. What? Go ahead, right, No, go ahead. What I was going to say is, is we
0: all have heard, and we use air quotes all the time when we say this, we all know Gene's vision when he came up with Star Trek back in the 60s. I like to think that the vision that you and the cast of discovery have is a different vision. It's similar in that it's star Trek. And that is a lot of things that you pull from what took place in the original series and TNG and DS nine and everything else. I see a vision when I watch, when I watch discovery, I see such a sense of family in this show with not only the characters but what we see on social media with the cast and the people behind the scenes, is that something that is, is, did it take time for that to build? Did you all just get right into that family mode? And is that something that is one of your highlights and one of the things you're most proud of is that sense of family that we've seen through the three seasons so far with Discovery?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am very proud of that. Uh, and thank you for noticing uh, because, you know, what we talked about the fandom being such a family before it would only make sense that what's on film and what's behind the camera should also be a family uh, that ties in with the fandom family. Uh, so I do feel that we have, we all have felt a sense of that. In fact, going back to season one, uh, you know, uh, uh Ciniko S- S- Martin Green and I, uh, right from the start, you know, in those first two episodes where no, but none, none of the new cast was in yet, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were just terrified of what was all that was ahead. You know, the, you just feel like you bit off so much. Like, Can I chew this? You know, we <laughs> we both both had that sense, but by my goodness, she she dove in and leads that show with such <laughs> ferocity and such uh, such great t- talent and and uh, and heart i uh so she really sets the tone for all of us and so as cast members leave and new ones come in and uh uh it has been it's been a family thing no matter what it's like a country cousin that we haven't seen in years comes to join us and so they're welcome in right away uh, it's been it's been really lovely
1: great you know, it's interesting. Speaking about uh, about the family aspect and and fandom, I think we last saw you in person in Manchester, New Hampshire, because we're we're here in just outside of Manchester, and I, I have to say, your presence at a convention is unmistakable. It is so joyful, and there are typically in the before times, as we've all taken to calling it, lots of hugs, um, and. Um, I know that as we start to get back into conventions, it's going to, it seems a little weird, but, but what's it been like for you to get back out to some of these events?
2: I've only been to two conventions since, uh, since it let up. Wow. And uh, and it has been different to, you know, to to be masked and to, you know, uh, the protocols for photo ops together. And it's like, uh, you know, no touching. So, so you do sneak a little something here and there, you know uh, especially if it's some, a lot of people that I know, I, no matter where I'm at in the country, in the U S especially, um, uh, I'll know somebody in that region that has come to see me. And so of course I'll come around the table and give them a hug. You know, I might break the rules. I don't know. But, um,
1: <laughs> we've,
2: all li- we, we've all lived through it. That's the good news. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, yeah, no, I, I am very much a huggy touchy person. That's a, one of, that's my love language. And, um, so I, I am one of the, I think the, there are many actors out there that don't enjoy the convention scene as much as I do, Uh, you know, and, and, you know, you have the entire gamut. You've got everything from, from Surly guy who doesn't want to be there at all, but it's paying. So he's going to sign some autographs and get out of my face. You've got that and you've got all the way over to where I live, which is, I am so happy to be here. I'm so happy to meet these people who have been watching and supporting things I've been doing over all these years. And I just want to hug on all of them and cup their faces and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I've seen it happen. It yeah. happened to me actually. It's yes, true. same here.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it, it's funny. Uh, this past August, of course, um, the uh, convention in Las Vegas took place, and and Bill and I made the difficult decision to cancel right at the last mm-hmm. minute because of what mm-hmm. was going on with COVID. So I was not as upset that we weren't going when when you two were unable to attend because you were up into Toronto, probably doing some reshoots or some additional shoots or whatever. So I didn't it feel was. as bad because I was looking forward to seeing you again. So. I'm looking forward to a convention again. Hopefully, Chicago uh, will be the next one that we're planning on going to where where we can. uh, I want that kissy face again. You're
2: you're, you're (laughs) going to get to when I see in Chicago. It's a deal. (laughs) Absolutely. That's fantastic.
1: You'll have to stop by the Trek Geeks booth because we'll be in the vendor hall, and uh, and you can you can squish Dan's head as much as you want.
2: Oh, to look at that little dome! I just want to go pet 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 pet. I do have a Saru
0: head. I could get in that yes, makeup yes, really I, easy if Saru has to have a child. Um, I can see it
2: happening. Right, right. You're the smooth version of Saru. Yeah,
1: yeah. You'd be a pretty old child, Dan. That's
2: kind of cool no. as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm that's really true. sorry. That's okay. We don't know
2: how old Saru is, though. He's never really said that, his age. So that's a you know, great question. It, it could be. It, could be it, could, it might have been a prom scandal, but who, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> have they given you any indication about the, the theoretical lifespan of a Kelpian? Because I mean, normally they show up to, you know, be um, be, be called in, you know, as part of the the herd. But since we've gotten past that, do you have any idea how long Kelpians live for? Uh, they have hinted
2: that it's hundreds of years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I, but no, no exact, like, you know, average lifespan of a Kelpian has ever been reported to me by the writer's room. I, but I would love to, I would love to have them decide on that so I can know when I'm going to die.
1: <laughs> or you could just be working forever.
2: <laughs> so I'm going to rack your brain
1: on
0: something, Doug, and this may be something that somebody's asked you, or maybe such a crazy question that you're going to be like, wow, don't always asked me that. So we know that in the mirror universe back in TOS mirror Spock kind of changed the history of the mirror universe because of his interaction with prime Kirk, your character of Saru really, really makes a difference in the mirror universe. Um, when we saw him last and wh- and and he he stood up and fought where kelpians were just usually at the dinner table or were dinner um your character really stood up to do something do you have do you have um uh d- What's the best way to put this? I've asked other people that we've had on the show who've been in the Mirror Universe. Did you like during doing the Mirror Universe episodes because it was a way for you to act outside the norm, or was it something that you really didn't like to do as much as your regular Prime Universe character?
2: No, I uh, I looked for uh, it was it was a fun diversion from the usual for us, yeah. yeah. And uh, that last that's that last visit to the Mirror Universe was when Michelle Yeoh's character uh, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Giorgio or Emperor Giorgio was uh was finding her destiny and finding her right. way back uh i th- i think that was so she could she could do the section 31 series but you know which took place back in time and um such <laughs> so that we had to get her back in time somehow uh and I, that took care of it beautifully it was a really you know a fun interesting way to get her back and where the rest of us couldn't go back in time uh but to get her to the mirror universe and then to have that interaction with saru after the long history that now that she has with saru all of the sarcastic, uh, uh, you know, jabs back and forth between us. And now she goes to see little slave Saru back in the, uh, in the mirror universe. Mm -hmm. And he's this humble, frightened, you know, subservient little fella uh, that she is coaching in a very sweet, nurturing way. Like you're, you're going, and he, he announces to her that he's not going to be around much longer because he's about to go through Vahari. Right. And she's, she's one who tells him "Well, this is not the end you will, you're going to survive through it. Here's how to do that. And 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 so so at the end when he gets the, the the his fierceness and he can join that fight scene and help help save the day, um, uh, he whispers to her. He says, "I've gone. It happened. I went through Vahari." you know, like in, in a thankful tone, uh, for letting letting him know that that the, this was not the end of his life. So that was a great lovely connection to make with the George O character. Mm-hmm. And Michelle Yo is the sweetest kindest, most generous human being you will ever meet, even though she plays such a sassy pants, but, um, but right. But she, she is just delightful. So but to have those, those tender, more tender moments with her on, on camera was a real delight for both of us to play. Nice.
1: Before I ask uh, my, my last question, I just want to say personally, thank you so much, Doug, for, for your performances as through, they have really meant the world to me. Um, mm. It has given me a character that I identify with and then I really feel a connection to, I mean, I understand how people feel connections to Spock or, or to other characters, but, you know, in, in almost 50 years of being a Star Trek fan myself, I, I, I have that connection and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you for all that you've done is through. Thank you for all that you're going to continue to do. And I can't wait to see what season four has to offer.
2: Um, you're you are absolutely welcome, and thank you so much for being uh, for being that the type of audience member that keeps Saru alive and well
1: <laughs> every yeah. day. Um, looking back at season three, obviously Saru has a lot of very poignant moments. But do you have a favorite moment that's not tied to Saru? in season three? In season three,
2: I I really love the the entire relationship arc uh, of uh, of um, Burnham and Book. Yeah. Uh, I love that she uh, connected with him in her rogue days, but that whole year that we weren't, that, you know, when we jumped through time and we landed at mm-hmm. different, different places in time, mm-hmm. she had a year to not be Starfleet. She had a year to survive and to find a new way and it, it toughened her up in a way. but she had an ally in that, which was book. And then then getting back into Starfleet back on a starship uh, and bringing him along for the ride was uh, uh, she had that, she had her, t- her toe dipped in both worlds. And so it was kind of an interesting dynamic to watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was definitely fabulous. And uh, I, I'm so chomping at the bit for season four. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to see what happens to Saru next. Ugh.
2: Well, I can tell you, this is what I can tell you is that, uh, uh, you know, at the end of season three, I did, uh, you know, sort of abdicate my, my throne, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the captain's here to to Michael Burnham. And I think we've all known that that's that she's been headed toward that you know, right. and, uh, throughout the series, so that was no surprise to anybody. But um, but what happens to Captain ceruno uh, I'm not stripped of my rank; I still have captain status with Starfleet. Uh, so where are they going to plug me in, and how are they going to utilize me? That's what you got to watch season four to find out. Mm. Mm. I, well, I guarantee I'll be watching. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, we, we've seen the trailers. And and Saru looks
0: awesome in all of the uniforms that he has worn. But I got to say that new season four red captain's uniform with whatever that emblem is, Um, looks damn nice on you, man. It looks fantastic. I can't. Yes, I have an an added piece on
2: my on my costume that uh, that no one else has. And there's a reason for that that you'll you'll find that out uh, early on within the first couple episodes. Excellent.
0: Well, um, one thing I do want to say, uh, Doug, as as we wrap up, first of all, as as I want to echo Bill's comments, Saru has been right from the from the first time we got information and the very first trailer for Discovery. I said to Bill, Bill, Sir, Bill Saru is going to be my Odo because Odo is my favorite character in Deep Space oh. Nine. And you are you are. You're amazing as that character. And I've loved watching the growth of the character. You bring him a dimension unlike other characters that we've ever seen in Star Trek. So thank you so much for what you do, but I want to give you a special message. And our listeners are probably tired of me saying this whenever we have a guest on who's been in Star Trek, but I want to give you a very special thank you. Back in 2000, I was going through a very difficult time in my life and I was literally seconds away from committing suicide i had a weapon in my mouth and i was ready to kill myself and i didn't because as i was about to do that an episode of star trek deep space nine was on my television and it made me stop and i watched it and it was an episode with o'brien and an alien named tosk and it made me stop and deep uh, deep space nine and star trek literally saved my life i've been a fan since i was a kid but I have a special connection to it because of that. You may not have been in that episode, but you, Doug, are part of the Star Trek universe, and I thank you for everything that you have done in this universe for us, the fans, because it may not, it may have been Deep Space Nine for me, but I can guarantee you that Saru and Discovery is going to save another fan's life. So thank you so much for everything you do.
2: Dan, thank you for sharing that. God bless you for that. That's, that's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Thank you.
0: It is. Uh, it has been an absolute honor to talk to you. We wish you the best of luck in season four and beyond. I hope it goes like 10, 12, 13 seasons. You're going to be under the makeup. So who gives a damn how old you are, man? Let's just say it right now.
2: <laughs> well, remember, the older I get, the less I want to wear. So in the same. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.
1: But Dan, since we recorded with Dougie, uh-huh. Dougie, um, there's been some developments. Yeah, um, some
0: some pretty good ones.
1: I don't know if Disney was listening. <laughs> um, or if they've bugged your house, because I know you're a big Disney fan and, and you go multiple times a year, but um, it looks like wishes and prayers, especially of yours, might have been answered.
0: Absolutely. I was so excited. As It was funny because we were, of course, with a video chat with Doug, and when I asked him about Hocus Pocus 2 and and how that had started filming and whether or not we would see our favorite zombie Billy Butcherson return, he kind of, you know, he did what he has to do. He couldn't really give any details, but he gave us a nice little wink. Ah, ah, little wink there uh (laughs) when he was talking about it so i was hopeful and a few days after we recorded with doug uh disney did announce that doug jones will be back uh in hocus pocus 2 it didn't say specifically but i can only assume that it's going to be as billy butcherson how can you not have a hocus pocus sequel without our favorite zombie from one of my all-time favorite halloween movies
1: well, it's such an iconic performance to the fact where, you know, Doug did had that makeup done as yeah. part of a charity event earlier this year. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say it's mm-hmm. going to be something along those lines. Now, also, congratulations to Doug, because in the days since we recorded this, Doug also took home the award for best supporting actor as Saru on Star Trek Discovery and the Saturn Awards. And this is not the first time he's won that particular award. So huge congrats to Doug for his win. Uh, it is absolutely well-deserved uh, for all of the reasons we've talked about in this episode today, um, as well as the fact that he is just one of the most nice people working in you know in television as it stands today.
0: You can see that he pours
1: his heart and
0: soul into every performance, and we've talked about it before. You can see it through all those layers of makeup and latex that he wears, and just about every role he does, except for the creepy Sons of Anarchy role, which was still pretty good. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so well-deserved. We're so happy. And, and you know what also is really cool, Bill, is that he's going to be going to some places around the country in the coming weeks and months so that you can congratulate him yourself in person if you choose to go to some of these these places so would you like me to read some of those places in case any of our listeners want to go visit dougie
1: i would and we should point out that dates and appearances are subject to change based on conditions whether or not the con you know uh, you know changes some some things around or whether or not doug has to cancel for professional reasons right. but uh right now these are the ones on his schedule as it stands today
0: yeah here we go so the house of mouse expo In Kissimmee, Florida, he will be appearing November 27th and 28th. And I'm just going to miss that because I'm heading to Disney in December. Damn it. Um, Also, the Los Angeles Comic Con for the Nichelle Nichols Farewell Celebration in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Doug will be appearing on December 3rd through the 5th, 2021. And then back in Florida uh, in in early uh, 2022 for the Bold City Con in Jacksonville, Florida. And he'll be there February 25th through the 27th. And then the Hall of Heroes Comic-Con in Elkhart, Indiana, where he will be appearing on March 5th and 6th of 2022. So a lot of stuff coming up in the coming months. For more information on upcoming appearances for Doug and other folks from the Star Trek universe, you can head on over to CoolWatersProds.com for more information.
1: And sincere thanks to to Doug And also to Cool Waters Productions today for for making this conversation possible. Absolutely. Um, It was such an honor and a privilege to talk to Doug. And we hope we get to do it again in the future. Um, Dan, another thing we hope to do in the future is to get together to listen to Five Year Mission, hopefully somewhere live someday, because Mm. they are such an awesome Star Trek band. They are every ounce of music you hear on the Trek Geeks podcast and on other shows here on the Trek Geeks podcast network, including... The rather eponymously named Five Year Mission, the podcast. Huh, that's brilliant marketing right there. It is. Whoever created that is a genius. I tell yeah. you, a wow. genius. Mm-hmm. But we want folks to head on out to fiveyearmission.net. order all their CDs, get that physical media in your hands because physical media is so amazing. You own it forever. But um, it's year one, year two, year three, year four. Sp- Spock's brain trouble with tribbles. You know, we want you to become a huge fan of Five Year Mission because Dan and I are ourselves. Fiveyear mission.net. Go get their discs, yo. Not, and not just discs, there's other stuff you can get, you know. Swag.
0: Swag, whether it's whether it's an instrument or a band member profile. You know you're going to get the finest quality around, Bill. I have a whole section on my wall dedicated to them right now. No, you I don't. I got a, I got a drum one. I got a Fark one. I got a Rittenhouse one. Uh, I got a set of drumsticks with the glitter that I love so much because I always talk about the glitter. How are you talking about? I'm getting there, and and I just ordered Patrick. I can't wait. Plus, there are always new ones coming out every single month. Oh my God! Fark sets, their pins lack character
1: you're gonna get a suit on two levels (laughs) one for besmirching the character of five year mission (laughs) two for Mm. really kinda doing something to fansets name um and use the special discount code and there you have it um i reject this farkism (laughs) This wow this is a new low even for oh you. come on there are people giggling right now i could you're tell. gonna be you're gonna be lucky yeah they're all named davidson you're gonna be lucky if if lou doesn't disown you huh well, that's sad okay I'd, i mean um, uh, uh yeah despite I, uh, oh, the words of dan davidson please go out to five dot and order a bunch of cds so that dan doesn't ever do a f- <laughs> parkism like this again <laughs> i
0: really like this one i'm sorry <laughs>
1: this one sucks worse than you do
0: wow okay
1: (laughs) black character (laughs) don't forget too that you can support the trek geeks podcast network by subscribing to us on patreon where you can get all kinds of raw audio and special exclusive perks dan
0: yeah that's right we got shirts from local friends at mint printworks in nashua we've got exclusive patreon pins from our friends at fansets and we're working on more stuff as 2022 rolls around um but We'll get to those later as, as they become available. Right now, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers of Trek so We are so grateful for their support. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Vikram Bhatt, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Patrick Escudero, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Peter Hong, William Jackson, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Jamie McGregor, Ross McKinney, Aaron Mollenkoff, Casey Pettit, Helen Reed, Sarah Rutlinger, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Heather Sone, Blake Strike, Rick Tatro, Lisa Tomlinson, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Cody Hutchins.
1: I was secretly hoping that you'd run out of air and pass out while you were going through that very long <laughs> list of names. It was
0: a long list. It's a it was long, a very long, long list.
1: Ah. Um, we also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Jim Stofel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashion, The senior producer of Czech Geeks is the just truly amazing and incredible Jude Tatman.
0: The Tatman. Jude Tatman. He's awesome.
1: You know, we do want to point out, too, that uh, we we mentioned shipping delays and supply chain issues. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is also true of some of our Patreon stuff as well. So we do have perks going out, hopefully sooner rather than later. But uh, be advised, if you are a Patreon or you're thinking about Patreon, um, we are encountering some of those delays ourselves.
0: Yeah, and, and we can let some let you know right now some of the surprises we're planning, but these shipping delays are causing it to be pushed out further than we would like. We're going to have new, new perks, Bill. We've talked about the, that fact for almost uh, a full year now. We're going to be adding golf shirts to our Patreon. We're going to be adding baseball caps to our Patreon. So we got some great new things coming with our logo, and people are going to love it, but unfortunately with all the shipping delays we've been told by our friends at mint print works that some of these things will not be available until like february of 2022 yeah. i mean it's yeah. that bad so they are coming don't worry we promise uh, and you're gonna love them you're gonna love them
1: <laughs> you too can become a producer of the trek geeks network it's so easy to do head on out to patreon.com slash trek geeks today for all the details dan mm-hmm. next time on trek geeks we are going to continue our celebration of enterprise 20 uh, which it's been a little while since we've talked about with another deep dive on what I think is a pretty special episode.
0: It is a special episode. I might even throw a reference about some long road. I'm not going to I'm not gonna promise that, but it could happen because it I'm isn't Enterprise. I'm cutting that line right now. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, uh, um, it's hard to believe that we're coming up towards the end of 2021 already. And it seems like you just said we have so much Enterprise yet to talk about. So next week, we're going to talk about a very special episode in season one that brought the return of a beloved Star Trek actor and someone we all miss to this day, a beloved Rene Aubergenois. He is the special special guest on this episode called Oasis, and we're going to break it all down next time on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks podcast network.
1: Also, the television debut of Annie Wershing, who returns to Star Trek as the Borg Queen in Star Trek Picard in this mm-hmm. upcoming season two. And I can't wait.
0: I had forgotten that she was in Star Trek when she was announced to be on Picard,
1: and, and I feel bad about that. Um, I I don't because, I mean, it's it's been so long. Don't do it. <laughs> I hate you with a fire of a thousand suns. (laughs) You know, for more great discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts on the network. We have so many fantastic shows, all created by passionate fans who just want to celebrate Star Trek and Gene's Vision. You can find all our podcasts in the free Trek Geeks mobile app, or you can get a link to your favorite podcast player by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one. I say no one talks Trek. Like we do. That's true. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek show, please visit our great friends at TrekNews.net. For now, this has been episode number 272 of the Trekkings podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Coconut, coconut, coconut. coconut. What? Was that static at the beginning or what was was that? It was
0: like coming in from like a galaxy far, far away. Oh, wrong franchise. Wrong franchise. Music for Trek Geeks is
2: provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.
0: Bing bong. That was good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting to be a good ACDC air guitarist. I practice that exactly. Look at, see, I'm just... doing it right now. Yeah. But if, you do
1: the, if you're doing air guitar, do you need to do the ding ling ling Well,
0: I'm pretending that it's playing in the background. Oh. So I'm going with it. So, See, it I, looks kind of dumb right now when you don't
1: hear anything. If I, I say look. thunderstruck, does that mean you'll do a burpee?
0: Oh, absolutely, man. My <laughs> sister whenever we play whenever thunderstruck comes on in the in the living room, when we when they come over, she'll start doing the the stuff right in the living room. It's awesome. <laughs> Good for her. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Speaking of exercising, very excited. First Spartan Race this coming Sunday at Fenway Park for Sue, Donna, and myself
1: i i have been where you're at before i've I've done that spartan i have' a, I have my Spartan medal somewhere, yeah, I think it's over in the corner over there yeah uh, I am not doing it this year because I have been a largely a a big lump of nothingness this year, <laughs> and I'm in no way prepared to bound over walls and, yeah um, um there's a lot of steps
0: yes uh, I know um but you know what I've wanted to do it Sue's wanted to do it, and when Donna mentioned that she was interested in it and another uh, woman at the gym said that she was interested in. It. I'm like, "All right, we're doing it." Boom. And my brother-in-law Chris is going to come down and be
1: a spectator. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So it should be pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, a word of advice. Mm. Um you've obviously seen the beginning of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yes. Where Steve Rogers is, is sort of running with um uh Sam. Yes. And he keeps saying, "On your left." On your left. Yep. "Keep to the right." <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. As you wind through the stands at Fenway, there will be a couple of lanes. Yes. Um, there are going to be people whizzing by you in the left. Right. If you and, get in the wrong lane,
0: we're in trouble. people
1: will get upset.
0: Okay. So stay right. All right. I'll make sure that Sue and Donna know that. And I already told them that I will not go ahead of them because Donna doesn't run fast. So we're all going to stay together and I'm going to do their pace the whole time. So I will make sure that we all stay together. I don't run at all. Oh, just kind of like a brisk walk?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there are times where I, I jogged a little bit, but I mean, I'm not a runner. I hate yeah, running.
0: I do not like running at all. I don't. Um, I think it's a very dangerous uh, exercise and very um uh, punishing on your legs and feet and joints.
1: Yeah, but the, nobody ever looks happy when they run. No. Now, I know we have listeners who run. I get it. You enjoy it. That's awesome. But nobody ever looks like they're filled with joy while they're running. They I'm, look like if they're I'm about running to die. from
0: you, I'm filled with joy.
1: If I were running for a from a bear, I would be filled with joy because I know I'd be faster than you.
0: That's, I, that's debatable.
1: I know I'd be faster than you. <laughs> I can haul my fat ass way ahead of you. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing you got to look out for are the Spartan photographers. Mm-hmm. Because there are photo ops. They right take in the yets. race. Yep. Like yep. when you get to the top of the A-frame, usually on top of the green monster. There's okay. an opportunity, but you'll see them in, take the opportunity, man, yeah. pose for the pictures.
0: Yep. Absolutely. You know? uh, yeah. I remember a great one of, of your wife uh, on top of the green monster, I think. It's one of my correctly. favorite photos of yeah. all the time. She Absolutely. looks so happy. Yep.
1: Um, but you know, it just, and you're going to see areas of the park that you might not see if you go to a game.
0: Yeah. Like the locker room.
1: Uh, the visitor clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the garden up on the top of yep. the, uh, of Fenway where they grow herbs and spices. Herbs.
0: Oh, no, yeah. so What is this like? It's like it's like living with the land at Epcot, but we're at Fenway Park.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, I know. Um, but uh, it's it's really kind of awesome. So cool. the worst part is the bucket carry.
0: Yes, that's a lot of stairs going up those buckets. It's up the with the bucket, if I remember the video correctly.
1: Yeah, well, and they did it a little differently last year, where you actually were inside the park, but had to go up a, a level and around and then down again, mm-hmm. um, and it was brutal
0: that's uh, what that's the video that i saw okay yeah so and then there's the other one with the sandbag so i think that one is also you go up and around so yeah
1: sandbag i found a little easier it's put it around oh. your neck that's it and i mean i was you're going through the um the the uh the bleachers right yep so uh, that's fine it's gonna be fun hopefully the weather will be good yeah i'm hoping it's. it'll not be raining. chilly to start yeah but uh you'll get over that pretty quick <laughs> yeah i would think so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome coolness spartan talk coming to the trek geeks podcast absolutely in august of 2068 spart geeks no no
0: no um okay so other news there's been a lot of star trek news we got to do a news sometime in the next couple weeks because there's been lots of cool stuff going on
1: and i'm loving it well okay let's uh let's get somebody to write that up right i wonder who that is hello anyone Telephone in the lobby for Dan Davidson. Aging Dan Davidson. (laughs) Oh, the intercom system's down. That's a shame. Your face is down. Oh, look at that face! (laughs) It's the grumpy kitty. Grumpy kitty face. (laughs) Oh yeah, grumpy down. I'm aware.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, so we're 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 uh, Sue and I are are loving. uh, We're as as I've told people before. We're on yet another grim rewatch. How many and times have you rewatched? Grimm? This is our fourth rewatch from start to finish. And we're in the fourth season right now, I think. Oh, wow. Of the six. And it's just so awesome. And I, I said to her last night when we were coming home, or Monday night when we were coming home from the gym, I said, you know what? We need to find a grim convention and go to it together. Because I would love to see the actors that were in that show and 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 listen to their stories and get some autographs and everything. Because it's such a great show. So much fun love it.
1: We started it once I want to say about 5 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember why we didn't continue. I think we got a few episodes in. Huh. Um and I I don't know if it was just life or you know we got distracted by the next shiny thing or whatever.
0: Uh, I love it. It's uh, we love cop shows. Um uh, we love supernatural stuff and this is a mixture of both. So uh, I I highly recommend it and the acting is is superb. Uh, the storylines are great. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cop shows, mm. have you checked out the new CSI Vegas?
1: I saw the first one. Awesome. I haven't had a chance to see the other ones yet.
0: We are caught up. We've watched the first five. And now I remember why I loved the original CSI so much when it was just the original CSI. Before it became a franchise? Right. Yep. Yeah. And before... Um, uh, the guy who plays Gil Grissom and uh, and everybody left, and Ted Danson took over, and and Elizabeth Shue came in um, when it was the original cast, and Brass, who of course the Guardian forever shows up in the first episode of the CSI Vegas, which yep. is pretty cool. So yeah, a little Star Trek connection there. So it's not like I'm going off on a tangent. It is tangent. It is Star Trek related, kind
1: of. Well, it's on Paramount Plus too. So. <laughs> yes. um, we we watch a few Paramount Plus series. So SEAL team recently transitioned to all yeah. from CBS to Paramount Plus. Yep. And that was evident when we I heard the first episode with an F-bomb. Ah, okay. So the first four episodes this year were on CBS. And episodes five through the rest of the season will be on Paramount Plus. Yeah. And when David Boreanaz drops a, an F-bomb <laughs> in the middle of an episode, I'm like, oh, wow. We could do that now. <laughs> they could do that now. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and it fits. You know, uh, we also watch SWAT. Because yep. I love Shamar Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's dreamy. He, you know, he. I'm not going to really lie. Is. He's Dude dreamy. Dude really is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and we, we actually mentioned Shamar Moore in this episode. That's right. We did. Talking to Doug. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's hysterical. Wow. Yeah. Look at
0: that. Everything ties has, together.
1: Doug has been around Shamar Moore in his tidy whities. And five I got to say, of, I would do the same thing. Five degrees of Shamar Moore. Yeah. And then <laughs> we also watch Evil. Is that
0: good? Because I watched the preview and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. Because I hear it's awesome, but the preview was like, huh.
1: I love it. And the second season is more effed up than the first season.
0: Okay. Right, the first season was on
1: CBS exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second season, they moved it to Paramount+. Plus. And I think that's just because it's, it's hard for a show like that to gain traction on- CBS Regular TV. television, yeah. 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 Um, And I think they were able to do more and different things. But there's an episode that is mostly silence in this season. The one where there's a reference to Star Trek, the animated series. Really? And that's what made my wife show me the Buffy episode, Hush,
0: which ah, Doug Jones is in. Doug Jones, the gentleman. One of but my
1: favorite characters in Buffy. It's an episode that takes place at a monastery. Okay. And there's a vow of silence. Right. And visitors must adhere to the vow of silence. So they get these magic slates that they communicate on. And uh, most of the episode is no dialogue. And it's really well done. All right. I'll Um, check it out. I like evil a lot. Okay. Um, But that's largely because I'm a non-believer.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, I remember when we watched the um I, everybody was ta- I saw a bunch of things online about it, so I actually pulled up the the trailer which Sue doesn't like trailers, but I pulled up the trailer and we watched
1: it and we're both kind of like, eh, I don't know about this." But It's I'll about this it team of people who investigate things for the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And one of them played by Mike Coulter who was my pick to recast as Wharf. In Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. back when we did that episode so yep. many moons ago, way long time ago, way long time ago, um, he's fantastic. He was also in the Luke Cage series yep. uh, on Netflix, uh, but he he's he plays a a man who is uh, about to be ordained as a priest. Okay, but he investigates these things for the Catholic Church with a psychologist and another you know uh, sort of skeptic investigator. Okay. I I think it's fantastic. I love it. Is this the is
0: this a series that has the guy from Lost on it? I'm thinking I might be thinking of this.
1: Yes, it is. Okay. Yes.
0: All right, Michael Emerson. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Excellent. Look at this TV talk we're doing today in the in the in the Bing Bong. It's pretty. The Bing Bong. The Bing Bong. Yeah. And I and speaking to television, I finished season four of Better Call Saul, which is awesome, and season five for some freaking reason isn't available streaming which is stupid cuz as you pointed out to me the other day it's been out for like, it's been done for like over a year almost 2 freaking hell
1: <laughs> I bought it on Amazon Prime to oh watch my it god because I wanted to see season 5 yeah yeah um, i it sets up a, a really fantastic oh god, last great. season
0: yeah i can i can't wait to see it cuz i've i have loved season 1 through 4
1: uh, and i i really enjoyed season 5 okay
0: Point if Rhea taken. Seahorn
1: hasn't won an Emmy, she should.
0: Yeah, she's fantastic. she's great. She is great. So yeah. So
1: awesome. you ready to uh? You ready to do this?
0: Yeah. Oh God, you bet I am, man. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long road.
1: Shut the f up. <laughs> <laughs> I hereby forbid you from doing no. that song.
0: No, sorry, not going to happen. It's Enterprise no, it's,
1: twenty. No. If we want to do it on an Enterprise episode, it's got to be judicious. Oh, good. But in this, no effing way. Good, because next week
0: is an Enterprise episode, so you asked for it. I said it's got to be judicious. I don't care what you said.
1: I will cut it from the episode. (laughs) You do have that edit power, don't you? I really do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. I really do. So, long road that. Bye. Bye. What are you doing, Abby? Go lay down. Come on, go lay down. Sorry about that. That's
0: yeah, all right. I'm just sitting here, Dad. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah.